So yeah, we're at a passage today that uh, almost everybody can, can speak, that everybody knows. It is the shortened version in the Gospel of Luke. Um, so I, I've got Matthew and Luke in here today, or Mark and Luke. And um, yeah, Matthew, I was right. Um, so, so we're going to read both of those through, all right? Uh, but you're going to recognize this as soon as we, we do it, and we're just going to walk through it. Um, we're going to have the um, Tackett Revised Version. We're going to have uh, my heart as I have dwelt and preached and taught this uh, passage, yeah, time and time and time again. One day Jesus was praying. We're starting chapter 11 this week. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Here's how Matthew does it. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Neither version falls right in line with the way 90% of us learned it. Most of us learned it like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and amen. Let's break it down. Our Father. Our Father. Most of the time out of those two words, we focus on the word Father. Don't. He is your Father. But that's not the important word here. Our Father, not just Jesus' Father, not just the Jewish heritage's Father, not just the Middle Eastern individual's Father, not just the bloodline of Abraham's Father, not just the churchgoer's Father, not just the saint's Father. He is father of the Chinese, and he is father of the Mexican. He is father of the black, the white, the red, and the green. He is father of the saint. He is father of the sinner. He is father of the found, and he is father of the lost. He has spent all of the gospel of Luke trying to change the concept and the mind of the people in the church by saying it is absolutely about you. It is not only about you. Jesus' first word was a reminder that he came and he saw and he conquered for all. 
nothing you can do, nothing you can say, nothing you can feel. There is neither height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers of darkness. Nothing you believe about you and nothing you believe about me can separate us from the love of our Father. But he is a father. And we neglect so often to put ourselves in the place of a toddler. You are but a toddler in the expanse of time that God understands. But you are his toddler. And there is nothing that could break into his house for any reason. He is your father, protector, provider, shelter, healer. Our father who art in heaven. Not a directive on where he is. It's not. It is not our Father who is up there somewhere as Fievel sings, somewhere out there, beneath, above, around the clear blue sky. No, He is not out there. This is not something that puts Him above and us below, but it is a reminder. He is where we aren't. He exists where we at this point cannot, but He is the way by which we will be there. He has a grasp. He has an understanding. He has a knowledge of not what is bound, but what is boundless. Jesus is praying as a man. Why? Because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. It's odd for the one who was, is, and is to come, who is now the word become flesh, God in the flesh, a borderless with borders, a boundless with bounds. It is hard for him to pray as we would because he has an understanding that we do not. But when we pray, we should understand that there is a God who knows more sees more, comprehends more than we will ever imagine. And everything he sets before us is to take us from where we are, what? To where he is. I go to prepare, prepare a place for you that where I am, what? You may be also. I'm the bridge but there is an understanding that you can't fathom. This is who you cry out to. You have authority, the curtain torn from top to bottom so that we could stand in the presence of the Almighty God, our Father, who art beyond, but who art reachable. Right? Hallowed. Not hallowed, even though it works, it's rhythmic. It's not hallowed. Hallowed. It means revered. It means vast. It means 
royal, regal. Your name, hallowed be your name. Why the name? Because the name captures all that is. Many times I've stood before you and said, you can describe me with a lot of things. My friends would describe me with a lot more. Bold, of course. Ambitious, of course. You know, rambunctious, of course. Asinine, of course. I know. Punk, I know. But each one of those things in and of itself wouldn't describe me. Somebody says he's a punk. Somebody says he is loud. You don't get the short part. You don't get the bald part. There's lots of parts to me. There's lots of parts to you. But there is one thing that is all the parts. What is that? My name. That is why people are taught to respect the name, to, to, to make your name. Not, not uh, uh, um, don't, uh, when people do things that are wrong, it destroys their, their good name, their reputation. Your name represents everything that you are. This is why the name of God is so hallowed. Because Yahweh was so mm, indescribably powerful. That, 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 listen, literally when they translated and, and, and wrote down the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures, when they wrote the Scriptures, every single time they got to... Yahweh, which in, in, in Hebrew would be Y W Yeah, Y H W H, yes, yes. And 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 they would write those words and then the pen would be destroyed. Every single time they they could write the and the anything but Yahweh. They were so meticulous about this work, listen, 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 that they knew what words were what numbers. So they would start at the beginning to make sure they got it right because there were no copy machines. To make sure they got it right, they would count, not words, letters. And if, if, if they started counting and they said, hey, we know that the 7,343rd letter is a Y, and they count and it's not, manuscript gets destroyed. They start again. They had an understanding that we've lost when it comes to what is hallowed, what is revered. And it has nothing to do with how you dress. Church lost that one. We missed the boat on that one. You want to be revered by God? Put on your suit and tie. Listen, I love that people wear suit and ties. I want you to hear me say, I'm not making fun of people who wear suit and ties. I will absolutely make fun of people who wear suit and ties and say, this is what makes me reverent. What? That, that makes you reverent? Well, what does this make me? I'll tell you what it makes me. It's comfy. I am comfortable before the Lord, not starched. I mean, that's a different kind of upright. You know what I'm saying? We, it's a matter of what you believe. 
It's a matter of what's going on down here and the reverence and the holiness and the, and you know what? You, you can't be holy. You can't understand hallowed. You can't understand righteousness without Jesus. You can, you can hear about it. You can recognize it, but you cannot comprehend it. A natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him, for he is not spiritually appraised. You can't. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Listen to me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In those seven words, and I think it's awesome that it's seven. <laughs> in those seven words may be the story of the Bible. Do you understand how powerful, how complete seven is the complete? Do you understand how complete those seven words actually are? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. People ask me, what is heaven? What is the kingdom of God? We've preached a whole series on the kingdom of God. But these seven words, within them is the answer. God's kingdom, heaven, is simply this. The place where God's will is done infinitely. Without question, without comment, without remorse, without hesitation. It is simply this. God commands and everything within earshot follows. That is God's kingdom. And Jesus was sent and he says, this, this is what we long for. This is what you should want. Pray this, that your kingdom comes. And it's not just about Jesus coming. He sent him. But what he's asking for is Jesus is saying, I've been there. I remember when God made commands and cherubim and seraphim flew. I've seen demons run. I've seen waves move. This is what you want, people. Pray for this. That a beautiful, loving, awesome, perfect God is completely obeyed. Oh, it will happen one day. She quoted it this morning, that at the name, in the fullness, everyone will bow. But we can get a glimpse. Church, we can see what heaven looks like. Those who love me, obey my commands. In this seven words is the life and breadth of all that Jesus longed for, all that he came for, that we might become his righteousness, that we might be children of God, that we might obey and just get a glimpse of what it's like on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not, where? Into temptation. I always wondered why it didn't say sin. Lead us not into doing something wrong. Because as a kid, I thought, oh, you know, lead us not into temptation is uh, lead us not into something bad. But listen to me. In and of itself, temptation isn't sin. It can't be. Do you hear me? It can't be. The Bible is immediately false if it is. What? The Bible is false if temptation in and of itself is sin. Why? Jesus was tempted. 
Not once, not twice, but thrice. It's a fun reference. Cockadoodle thrice. He denied me. Okay. That was Nike's tail, in case anybody didn't know. All right. It's fabulous. All right. Jesus was tempted. And because God made him who had no sin to become sin so that we may become his righteousness, he did not sin. Jesus was tempted and did not sin. So temptation in and of itself is not sinful. But why does Jesus pray, lead us not into temptation? Anybody? Because <laughs> you ain't Jesus. Because the greatest single line I've ever heard to start a conference, uh, a youth leader, uh, a guy was leading all of these youth pastors in a conference, and the first thing out of his mouth was, there is a God, and you ain't him. Literally, the greatest opening line of a conference I'd ever heard, especially to a bunch, to a bunch of arrogant youth ministers. Because we, we, we all were. We all were. You love what you do and you just pride gets you. There is a God and you ain't Him. Lead us not into temptation means I understand my humanness. I understand my frailty. I am not caught up in the arrogance that because I am saved, sanctified, and healed by the Holy Ghost, that I have some authority, I have some power, I have some God-like nature that will help me overcome things that the devil wants to whisper in my ear that I don't want to do. No! No, 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 no. We've still never learned. We want to flirt with temptation. We want it. We desire it. You do, you do, you do. And Jesus knew that was coming. And He'd watched you fall over and over and over again. He said, so if you want to pray, don't even get to the sin part. Pray that you are in such a place that you remain in Me and abide in Me that you don't even long to be whatever it is. If you can't handle drink, you don't need to be at the bar. If you can't handle food, you don't need to be at the buffet. If you can't keep it zipped, you don't need to be at Hooters. I'm just saying but they have good wings. You didn't go for the wings. <laughs> wings. <laughs> but they're good. I know. Lead us not into... Yes. You're praying... You're actually praying that you and the devil don't meet face to face. You're praying that you and the devil don't meet face to face. Listen to me. He's bigger than you. He's more powerful than you. Let me clear, let me be clear about something. There is something he is not more powerful than. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
You have to be confident enough in Jesus, but you better be very self-aware that your power isn't and His power is. So the best way to win, steer clear. Teenagers, young adults, listen to me. You don't know till you know. And after you know, it's too late. Can I get some adults in the room? It doesn't matter how many times we say it to you. We are not trying to be some kind of cosmic killjoy. We're not trying to take anything away from you. None of us went to holy high. I, yes, the preacher looks at women. I'm a boy. I know that surprises some of you, but it's true. I'm a man. Listen to me. You don't know until you know, and then it's too late. And it's not worth it. It's never worth it. Lead us not into temptation. If your line right now in your head is, but I can handle it, you've already lost. If the line in your head right now is, but I can, you've already lost. The minute you make excuses for denying anything in the scripture, you already lost. I love you. What's the song? This is how I find my battle. This is how I fight my back. Not with your hands up, but with your heart wide open. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Stay there. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us. Turn it back over. Not I'm going to deliver. No, you deliver us from the evil one. The only way out is Jesus. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Put us on the holy FedEx truck and take us where we're designated to be. That's what it is. I never used that analogy before, but that's what it is. God, stamp that address that you have for us on the future of our lives and take us there because we can't seem to follow. Wherever he leads, I'll go unless I want something else. You've already lost. You ready for the hardest line in this one? It's the hardest line in this one. This is the one most of us need to shut up and just not say. Forgive us our debts, trespasses, mistakes. As we forgive those who make mistakes against us. Translation, God, I beg of you to forgive me exactly like I forgive everyone else. You ready to pray that? Bueller? Okay, that's not what it says. That's exactly what it says. You just scared. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I learned what a simile was in high school, right? A simile is a comparison using like or as. Let's substitute. Forgive us our trespasses as 
forgive us our trespasses like we forgive everybody else. Yes, God, please do that for me. What do you really want to pray? God, forgive me like you want to forgive me and like nobody else can forgive me because I need you to forgive me and I am no good at forgiving anyone. How about this? I was, I was listening to music as I was jogging. It means I was listening to music during the time which I was jogging, right? I wasn't listening to music when I stopped. I was listening, wow, let's do that. Forgive us our trespasses only during the time which we are actively willing to forgive someone else. Hmm. So how do we get our lives to a place where that's what we're really willing to pray? Because that's the instruction. Pray like this. So is this actually about our reception of forgiveness? Or is the prayer really about what we need to show the world? Do you know why the world doesn't buy into Jesus' forgiveness? Because they've never seen it from his people. How about this? Religious churches may be the most unforgiving place I've ever been in. Religious churches may be the most unforgiving place I've ever been in. And you know what? They're also the most scared. Let me prove it. Anybody in here want to stand up and roll out the last month of their life completely in front of everybody else? Everything you thought, everything you said, everything you did, everything you looked at. Anybody? Why not? Why not? Confess your sins one to another. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The only way to be continually unrighteous is to hold them in and not confess them. But I'm not going to confess them because if I confess them, people would judge. Yes, because the church is unforgiving. Not here. We're going to have a real church. We're going to be a real place. And your sins are no worse or no better than mine. I am a sinner too. You are a sinner. And we need a Savior. And we need to stop acting like we don't. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Liar. Sin number one. And let me tell you something else. If somebody decides to stand and lay it out and they get one judgmental response from anybody in this room. I promise you I will be on your doorstep waiting for your confession. You need me there because the prayer says forgive us our trespasses like we forgive those who trespass against us. I just got that clip of Jack Nicholson. You want me on that wall? You need me on that wall. You want me on your doorstep. No, you really don't. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be in a bit of a quandary there. You, oh, you can't handle the truth. It's a safe place. Guys, I don't even know how to say this. Let me be clear. I don't know, nor will I ever tell you, I know everything. But if I looked at every one of you in this room in the eyes who've been here any length of time, 
Do you think, do you think I don't know? <laughs> do, you, do you think I don't know? You think I can't see it on your face? Do you think a parent hasn't talked to me about it? Do you think a neighbor hasn't talked to me about it? But Craig, you, you, you've treated me the same. There's no way you know. Bingo. Bingo. That's my job. But it's not just my job, it's my call. But it's not just my call, I need it. Because my forgiveness of you is a basis for everything God forgives me for. And that's the truth. It's the cup, guys. What, what was it Brennan Manning said in our book we've been reading? Trying to catch Niagara Falls in a teacup. God's love, God's forgiveness. Trying to grasp it's like trying to catch Niagara Falls in a teacup. But here's the problem. Here's most religious Christians today. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm, I know you can. I know you can. Oh, it's not that he can't. that you got everything plugged up with your unforgiveness. I know, right? We better pray. We better pray. Because His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory forever. So this message, not mine. His. This word, not mine. His. This truth, not mine. His. Make sure he gets the glory. Chew on it. Call me if you need me. Let's pray. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Mm. My prayer is that we understand. But since God's words are always better than mine, I I'd like to land here. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.